Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bayou Chronicles. I'm your host, Crystal, and this week I'm joined by an extra special guest, my best friend, Stephanie. I was waiting to bring her on for a pretty special episode, and when I started researching this one, this is the one that I knew I wanted to bring her in on. So, Steph, tell everybody a little bit about you. Hey, y'all. I'm Stephanie. Um... I have been friends with Crystal for, oh my gosh, has it been over 20 years now? Probably. (laughs) I think so. I think it's right at 20 because we were about fourth grade. Um, I started going to a church that her family had already attended and we, I don't know, we had our little group and we all just loved it. So we always got in trouble actually. Me and Crystal always ended up in the um, Sunday school director's office which was actually her grandpa so do you remember when we got in trouble for playing with beads or something and so we went to his office and just played with something else yes we did it was almost like to spite the fact that we got sent in there we're like okay well we found something else oh my gosh that's (laughs) like i mean hey we're both very malicious compliant people to this day so (laughs) it doesn't matter um yeah so yeah we've been friends like 20 years that's absolutely insane yeah, Weird. I, I don't think I actually sat and thought about that until just now. Yeah, oh, hmm. I don't think I've been friends with anyone for as long. <laughs> huh. Oh, well, I love it. Um, I haven't even, it's more than half of our lives. So here's to the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, as some of y'all might have noticed, we did not do an episode last week. That was because my sweet Bethany lost someone in her family and I kind of made the last minute decision to drive down to Florida and be with her since her husband, Zach, he couldn't be there. Uh, I thought about posting like a quick audio clip letting everyone know, but it really happened all so fast and I honestly forgot. I mean, have you ever packed up everything and driven eight hours just spur of the moment? No. 10 out of 10 don't recommend it was it was crazy and everybody kept telling me i was making good time but it honestly felt like the longest drive but i was glad to be there we even though it was kind of sad we had a lot of fun and i didn't necessarily get to see the beach but we drove by the beach so i mean that's seeing it you just didn't get to experience it it was also eight million degrees so i kind of wasn't I, oh my gosh, I got this uh, notification from the Weather Channel the other day saying something about the Earth is currently absorbing more heat than it's emitting. Um, That's scary. <laughs> right? And so that's why it feels extra hot everywhere. We're going to die soon. Oh, no. Basically, that's it. It's like the Bo Burnham special that we're obsessed with that yes. said, like, the world is ending and then, like, but it already has mm. or whatever the law like the line is i don't know what the lot is now but that basically sent me into a downward spiral of like existential crisis but anyway um she did plan bethany back on her topic uh the topic of her rather she did plan to be back on the podcast by now but we just got to give her space and time right now i promise she will be back soon and when she does it'll be worth the wait in fact, she is kind of back in. She's been doing a lot of um, research and, like, background research and writing for the scripts just to kind of help me out so I'm not having to do 100% of the research. So, 
She's definitely been involved, people. She's here, I promise. Um, on today's episode, though, we are going to talk about a local historic haunt. I don't know necessarily that we've done a local, like, scary place, but um, here we go. Thank y'all have. Um, this one is the Shreveport Municipal Auditorium. If you're local, you know what this is. Um, and it's one of the area's most well-known buildings and a place that Steph and I actually weaseled our way into getting a free tour of. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, I th- we were still in high school. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were with Kayla. We were. I actually remember what I was wearing. <laughs> How? I It was that white blue jean skirt, dear Lord, um, <laughs> and then just a plain red top. That's so weird that you remember that. Yeah. I feel like I remember it. We were, were we taking pictures? We were. And then I, I had remembered, because we were wondering why there were so many people, like cars getting there and people taking stuff in the front doors. Yeah. And then I remembered, I was like, oh my gosh, it's homecoming for a bird tonight. And then we kind of, you know, we just hung around the front at that point. Yeah, I think I remember walking in and being like, Kayla's a really big fan of Elvis. Like, can we please come in or something? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Um, I remember trying to sneak in from the back. <laughs> we did. Was uh, it were the fences too high, or we just couldn't find an unlocked door? I think that's what it was. We were obviously hoodlums, <laughs> but we looked like good little Christian Pentecostal girls. So I don't think people suspected anything. Yeah. I which, think they. I were, mean, that's it's like we could have been the worst people on we earth. Could have, but I think we just looked so innocent that everyone thought that we were fine yeah who knows well let me set the stage for you it's the late 1920s so we're going way 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 back Shreveport has been incorporated in like a city for nearly 90 years prior and I didn't know this but did you know that like Shreveport itself like before it was like the actual named the like Shreveport Mm -hmm. that it was actually part of Natchitoches Parish. No. I did not know that either. That's that's odd, though. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's at least an hour away from us. Exactly. So, they used to be part of that, and then they kind of, like, got made into Shreveport, which was actually called something different, and I feel like I should know it. <laughs> Um, but I also totally am blanking on it. But it not, didn't used to be called Shreveport. But, anyway... Um, The area started filling up in the 20s with department stores and factories. Like, this is, like, the prime time. Like, all those buildings that we see downtown that are just, like, bricks and stuff that used to be department stores. And online, you can actually find pictures. And, like, they were actually really cool, like... Like, I wish I was shopping there at department yeah, stores. Well, you know that, that one building off Milam, uh, Rubenstein's? Mm-hmm. Like, they still have their sign and stuff. And I have yet to figure out if those pictures that are in the windows are actually from the time it was open and nobody bothered to take it down from when they closed. Or if somebody came through and was just trying to advertise. Because they don't seem to match, like, the years that that store was open. Hmm. I don't, I don't think I've sign- ever really paid attention. I always well because you know when I had when I worked downtown and I had to do the the runs to mm-hmm. the buildings I would always walk back that way. Hmm. I mean, I still think about that job and how much exercise you got, dude. It really <laughs> was a good job. I know. 
Uh, at this time, too, during the Streetport, cars were starting to be mass-produced, and they were getting pretty big around town. In the past 10 years, uh, through the 1920s, in 1920, just for instance, um, the population of Shreveport, like not the surrounding area, just Shreveport, was 43,000 people. By 1930, it had jumped to 76,000. So, wow, that's a huge jump in 10 years compared to the fact that in the past 10 years now in Shreveport, we've decreased by like 20,000 people. Because people are leaving. Yeah, kind of, kind of says something about how our city is doing. <laughs> yeah. However, Bozier has had like a higher increase of people than Shreveport has lost. Uh-huh. So I think that just means more people like you are moving to Bozier. Yeah. Or people are coming. Well, into you know, town like the that uh, the North Bozier area, and then out there in Benton, I think people are wanting to you know buy and then build. Yes, just like in South, like in Stonewall area. Yes, like when Stonewall got big and Keithville and stuff, it's yeah. happening in Bozier now. Yeah, and. Those 10 years that in like the 1920s, this is when, into the early 30s, this is when the local theater, The Strand, and Caddo Parish Courthouse were both built. So like two of like the biggest staples of downtown Shreveport, and really most of downtown Shreveport was built in the 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. Mostly because this was that ramp up to the Great Depression that a lot of cities saw. We just happened to have one too. I mean, we had, you know, our population almost doubled in 10 years. Of course it would. During this time, local African-American musicians really started to become famous both locally and across the country. And one of the most famous and well-known was uh, was Huddy Leadbelly Leadbetter. Um, Leadbelly was known for his unique folk and blues songs. I'm pretty sure you've heard them. I think everybody here has. I don't. I mean, I, I recognize the name, but I can't recall any of the music. Okay, so, like, you know how the area is called, like, kind of close to it, or kind of close to um, the municipal, it's called Leadbetter Heights? Yes. Okay, so this he lived in that area, which is why okay. it's called Leadbetter Heights. But he had, most of his songs were very eclectic, and, like, they told stories, um, which I absolutely loved. He wrote a song when... Um, the Titanic sunk. He wrote a song about Titanic. He <laughs> wrote songs about his sister. He wrote songs about famous people, the president, like you name it. He wrote songs about them, and it was known that that he was writing the songs about them. Um, I'd look him cool. up. I think it's really cool. He yeah. has a super unique voice, but he would go on to international fame and create an entire style of music here in Shreveport. This is where he obviously grew up, and he actually grew up um, out in Morningsport. Um, but he created this whole style um, for music in the, like, really, he started singing in, like, the early 1900s up until the 1920s. Mm-hmm. In 1926, though, is when the construction actually began on the building. The municipal auditorium was to be, like, this new elaborate style that was kind of just all around the city. Like, you know how we have this modern farmhouse vibe for houses and super architecturally, like, bland, in my opinion, buildings being built now? Yes. Well, back then, it was something called Art Deco, 
was like the thing. It's how we've described it now as Art Deco. And the lead architect on the project, Simon Weiner. I don't I'm saying it's Weiner because Weiner looks more right, but also sounds more wrong. So I think it. I think it might be Weiner. I want to say it's Weiner. Yeah. Weiner just because it wouldn't be Weiner. It's the I before well, the E. Because I've seen it where it's spelled where it's like Feld, so it's Weinfeld. <gasps> Oh. And so that's why I think it may be Weiner. Okay, we're going to go with Weiner because <laughs> I kept saying Weiner in my head, and I was like, that sounds wrong, and that sounds a little weird. I bet he got made fun of. Uh-huh. Um, but he designed several buildings in the Shreveport area, in particular um, downtown Shreveport. The Municipal Auditorium was one of several buildings, though, designed in this Art Deco style. And Art Deco kind of stems from the Cubism style of art, and it's really described as, like, sharp lines, geometric shapes, and, like, curved elements breaking up this, those sharp lines and geometric shapes. Um, Think the Chrysler building, like, that's a, that's a huge Art Deco style, or the Louisiana state building Mm -hmm. those are both huge examples of the art deco style i wonder like regions tower kind of seems like a wider version yes it's Um, just more glass yeah and i mean art deco can have a lot of glass like that definitely i would definitely think to consider that an art deco style piece and if i'm not mistaken that one was built not as soon as like the municipal in the mm-hmm. 20s i think it was built later but i still think that kind of style was evolving yeah. well like you were saying i mean it's all over downtown for sure yeah i mean to me i hate to say all the buildings look the same but they all look very similar and you mm-hmm. can tell that the same people who built one had a hand in building the others mm-hmm. like yeah um on november the 11th uh, 1929, which is now Veterans Day. I didn't know it used to be called Armistice Day. Um, Interesting. I didn't know that either. I know. I learned so much while I was doing this. <sighs> the Municipal Auditorium was officially dedicated to, quote, well, not quote, it's their full name, capitalized, Soldiers of the Great War. So, I'm assuming World War One. Mm-hmm. During this time, Shreveport was becoming more and more prosperous the location on the river and the up-and-coming oil fields that were popping up all around town brought people from around the country to the area. The city was growing so quickly, and to celebrate this, the community wanted to have an event space that could hold a large amount of people. Over the course of the first 18 years that the Municipal Auditorium existed, it was used for all kinds of things that it wasn't originally designed for. One of the most creepy uses was that it was a temporary city morgue. And I know you remember this because I yes. remember they told us about it. Yes. The basement level of the building was outfitted with like drains it has tiles on the wall it has hooks from the ceiling everything's made to be like sprayed down really easy kind of creepy um but it's all like made to be suited as a morgue the drains are still there some of the tiles are still there not that i've seen it because i specifically remember when they took us in that direction when she was telling us about it i was like nope I, think, I remember peeking. Yeah. 
But I remember I not wanting to be I there. I remember her talking about it and me thinking, like, are we going to get to go down there? Yes. Um, And then we ended up going upstairs to, yes. like, one of the dressing rooms, I think. Yes, that's exactly where we went. Yeah. And I <laughs> wish so bad that we went down there now. Like, I want to go back so bad. So if someone who is listening to this is local and has some strings to pull, I would totally love to go down there. I'm like, I missed my chance, and I need another chance. Um, Some of his more interesting uses, though, included an early version of what we now call radar used to detect aircraft. Um, Like, I think it's weird. I really couldn't find much about it. I really wanted to go back to being in school and hit all the libraries and find exactly why we used yeah. The municipal for this radar system. So, if, again, if someone knows, please tell me. And, interestingly enough, the Mid-South Wrestling Federation during the 80s. So, it was a basically... It's random. I know. It was like a wrestling <laughs> federation like the WWF or what's the new one? AEW that Tyler watches. Yeah. It used Shreveport as its home base and recorded the shows there. So, I thought that was interesting. I did not even know we even had that during the 80s, but I felt the need to ask somebody. But I thought it was cool. But this would not be the first show to be recorded in the auditorium. The most famous of them all is the Louisiana Hayride. Now, I know you know what this is. Like, Mm -hmm. we both live here and we've both talked about the Louisiana Hayride probably more times than more... 29 almost 30 year olds have yeah um but i'm gonna explain it for everybody else who doesn't know which you should know by the end of this and you should go listen to old episodes and it's really cool just go do it the louisiana hayride was a radio show that was recorded live in front of an audience in the auditorium obviously and sent via radio waves across the country the show would be the famous would be the starting place to many of the greatest singers of all time, including Elvis Presley, whose famous line, though he did not say it, the producer of Louisiana Hayride said it, after Elvis's first show, which was a smashing success, he said, Elvis has left the building. So if you ever hear someone say that, know that it started in Shreveport, Louisiana, at the Shreveport or the Louisiana Hayride. Um, When the show premiered on April 3rd, 1948, it was just a tiny local show that featured regional performers from the area. So, like, think of, like, your southern gospel, your country singers from the area, like your small, tiny people. That's basically what it was. And it wasn't long before the popularity of the show outgrew the area. Soon... Stations across the country and even overseas were tuning into the Louisiana Hayride to listen to who was performing that night. Like, even as far as, like, the people that were stationed overseas were getting excited because at certain times they could listen to it. And I believe it's in the Philippines that the way that the AM radio stations work and how they bounce up into the atmosphere and bounce down... Um, at a certain time, in a certain way, it would bounce up in the right spot and people in Philippines could listen to the Louisiana Hayride. Wow. I think that is absolutely insanity, but I love it. (laughs) 
1954, though, the Louisiana Hayride was at an all-time high. Elvis had performed for the first time that year, and as a result, jump-started his career. So, basically, you could say that the Louisiana Hayride gave him the chance to get started, as it did, actually, for a lot of people. He wouldn't be the only performer to receive his their start at the Hayride. Some of the greatest of all times got their first exposures from the Louisiana Hayride. Everyone from Johnny Cash to Willie Nelson, George Jones, Hank Williams, even our future governor himself, Jimmy Davis, all got their start on the Louisiana Hayride. So crazy when you think about it because, I mean, you hear those names now and you're like, wow, legends. Right? You, know? you wouldn't think of, I guess, Shreveport still is kind of small. I yeah. Mean, I wouldn't say, you know, it was like a thriving, jumping place. It's not a thriving metropolis. But- Right. My, um, my Meemaw, she and her, all her girlfriends and like her group of friends that they hung out with, they would go to the Hayride and she actually, uh, did a double date with Johnny Cash and some other people. Like, I don't know who the, I don't know who the girl was that he was with or the, you know, the guy friend that my Meemaw had, but they went on a double date, which I thought was insane. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Isn't it? Like, it's so crazy. Didn't you tell me they have a picture together? I was told there was a picture, but I have yet to see it. Oh, so, and we, now, you know, my Nana's gone, so I don't really know who to ask. I mean, I could ask my Aunt Shirley, but she's she was she's a good bit younger than my Nana was, so I don't know. We need to find it. It's I know. somewhere. It has to be somewhere. Like, that's like the most iconic picture, and I feel like it would be very iconic of a picture, and we would get it put on t-shirts. Yes. I would wear it. <laughs> Um, But really, though, can you imagine country music or even, like, music in general today if we did not have these iconic performers? No. Like, I feel like they're the baseline of every genre of music for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, And not even them, just some of the other people that performed. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the Hayride, when it actually ended, the Municipal Auditorium was still used as an event space for like incredibly insane performers and some of the greatest african-american performers of all time like bb king aretha franklin james brown even lead belly himself all performed on the stage and to me oh my god that i had no idea like bb king and aretha yes i had no idea yes i didn't know that too until i read it on actually on the municipal auditorium's history on their official website that's and i was like oh my god i would have loved to see these people for sure such iconic performances i wish i really wish and hope people who grew up around that time like if you have the opportunity please tell me you went because that's like I don't know I would regret it if I didn't go Mm -hmm. (laughs) um more recently though two of my favorite performers Jack White and Lay and Ray Lamonte all have like graced the stages I've seen both of them in person at those performances yeah, i was and super jealous about ray i couldn't go <laughs> it was I wanted great. to so badly and oh. i knew so many people that were there oh it was so but. great it was amazing and i and i think that the municipal is still and will always be one of my favorite places to see a performer 
because it is just something about the building and it's something oh, about the yeah. atmosphere. I would imagine that and the acoustics inside Oh, it there. is. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it so much. This stage has been held by the most rich and exciting history and it really did set the stage for all the ghost stories that would basically make up this haunt. Um, and I really thought it was important to really give everyone a good detailed like history of what this building was rather than kind of like glossing over it because it is such an incredible place. Up until present time, several paranormal investigators have visited the space and officially recorded activity. So, it's not just like a, ooh, it's spooky. There have Mm -hmm. been, you know, people doing research on it. The first was when Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigations came to the municipal. Um, They were the first ones to do this. And they were the first ones to professionally come and look for anything spooky and ghost-related. During their time investigating, they captured some EVPs and some EMF activity around the building. They actually have a write-up of their investigation and the documents of all of their evidence on their website. They typically... um, do like the basic what everyone thinks of as far as investigating um, that you see on TV. This was not televised, but they just did your typical investigation. They set up thermal cameras. They had a full crew and some people who um, were really close to the municipal walking around with recorders. And the investigators noticed a couple of things. The first being that the dressing rooms, when a couple people walked in, and the dressing room smelled as if it was full of flowers and baby powder, even though the dressing rooms were empty. That's, I find that kind of cool. I do too, because like, I can't imagine what it'd be like if I walked into a room and I got like this, like distinct whiff of something, and like me and like five other people all smelled the same thing. Uh That's kind of strange, but I like it. Uh, claps were heard as investigators stood on the stage. So uh, one of them mentioned that they were seen on the stage and they were just talking and get, trying to get some EVPs. And they heard four distinct, like, claps um, out in the auditorium. So just, like, single claps or did they, it was like an audience-type clap? Like, single claps, like okay. one, two, three, four okay. kind of thing. Um, throughout the night, they did record some EVPs that um, you can actually hear on their website. You can go to it, and they have them linked. Um, they have three of them up there linked. One saying, I love Johnny Cash. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> one saying, get out of here. And another one saying, time to get out. So, kind of creepy. Yeah. I like them. Doesn't seem like they want anybody there. EVPs are always, I will beat the skeptic, EVPs are always weird to me because I kind of feel like it's that um, whole green needle thing, you know, when that went around? No. Oh, my God. Green green needle? Yeah, like it was a thing (laughs) where it sounds like two different things. Like it sounded like green needle or something Oh, are you talking about like uh, Laurel and Yanny? Yeah, kind of like that. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like EVPs are that. Like you're already putting into my mind what something is supposed to be sounding like. And so, of course, I'm hearing that. So, of course, you're going to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... 
People do TikToks about that. Like yeah. they have some weird noise and they're like, this is what this is what it says. And then like, oh yeah, of course that's what it says. Like yeah. I, that is what always like, I'm kind of skeptical about EVPs. I can see that. Yeah. That is just, that's where my skepticism, a lot, like laws, whatever. Um, tour guides and volunteers have been very vocal about the stories of their stories of strange noises, voices, and creepy feelings that they would get. Didn't uh, the lady that was talking to us that day? She said something about music playing. Yes, she or they did. could hear some kind of music from somewhere. Yes, and I never found anything else about music being played. So that was the only time I heard her like hmm. like heard that mentioned but that's pretty interesting if that's like her personal experience yeah um a lot of this though can be dismissed by the fact that this is an old creaky building like what's gonna happen houses and buildings make noise um i kind of consider voices and recordings um that can be considered proof now i know i just said i'm skeptical because EVPs can be misconstrued. But I think there's a difference between, like, if you're telling me to hear something versus if I hear it myself. And I'm not here to discredit anyone's belief. So, to me, if they hear it in the first person who ever listened to it, that is what they heard. That is what they heard. Some more reports coming from people who are close to the municipal include the ghost of a little girl dressed in a blue dress who is seen around the building, particularly in the auditorium, which I'd never heard of this one, but I think is cute. Yeah. I want to know who she I wonder, is. Yeah, I was about to say, I kind of I wonder what relation she has to the building. Yeah, like, why are you there? Cute little girl. Uh, personally, one of the creepier ones is the voice of a woman moaning from the bathroom in the basement. Ooh. Now, hard stop. When I read moaning from the bathroom, my brain went probably in the gutter. <laughs> um, I was like, why is she moaning in the bathroom? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest right now and kind of telling myself, anytime I hear anyone use the word moaning, I instantly think of things done behind closed doors. Yeah, same. And that's why when I read it, at first I was like, moaning in the bathroom? What were they doing? (laughs) According to the legend, a woman actually gave birth in the exact bathroom during the Louisiana Hayride time. I wonder if she got free tickets after that. I don't know. Or if her kid got to go for free. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But what I kept circling back to was, why would a ghost want to come back and relive that moment in time? Yes. Or maybe maybe it's uh, someone that's in limbo where it's a situation like they can't help it. Maybe, but it still seemed like a very, like, weird moment in a person's life that they would want to go true it just seemed weird but what if what if she passed away due to complications from the pregnancy maybe like later on she ended up having a blood clot or something great theory Mm -hmm. great theory didn't think about that i was just stuck on the moaning in the basement (laughs) bathroom but you know know why (laughs) you know my brain always goes in the gutter anywho at the height of TV ghost hunting, which I'm pretty sure everyone remembers when there was like 12,000 shows on about ghost hunting at one time, mm-hmm. um, there was a show called Ghost Lab. Never heard of it. Me, no. I but heard. it's not Ghost Hunters, so I haven't heard of it. Visited the area and made the municipal auditorium their top investigation spot. It was like the first one that they did. 
Like Louisiana Spirits, they used high-tech equipment to ghost hunt. Not what we used to do when we ghost hunt and just try to scare ourselves. Yeah. Side note, the Louisiana Spirits people, they actually did a full investigation of the women's college. Did they really? Yes. And they found all kinds of creepy stuff, like women talking in the halls, um, like you name it. Like it was crazy. Do they have it like on their website? Yeah. And it's like 10 pages long with audio and video stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was so good. I was like, oh my God, I love this. (laughs) Um, While I am always a skeptic when it comes to TV ghost hunting shows, I will say that. They did find the same evidence that Louisiana Spirits found, including a voice saying, I love Johnny Cash. So, I still think it's weird that a ghost would be like, I love Johnny Cash, so I'm going to stay in the municipal. I mean, that's a true, that is a dedicated fan. I, I, I mean, mean, it really on. is. It, it really and truly <laughs> is. Maybe it's the girl who went on the double date with. Maybe. You know, maybe she fell in love and she just never could get over it. Yeah, and she's like, when I die, I have to go back to the municipal because what? I love Johnny Cash. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Of course, I will say the morgue be like temporarily being housed in the building, I think, has created the idea that some of the paranormal activity comes from the idea that the bodies were housed there. I think mm-hmm. the fact that it was ever even there has made the like it, the whole thing creepier than it could have been. Yeah. Um I honestly don't feel like that place gives me any creepy vibes. No, it like, does not I give feel... me the creepy vibes that Ellerby did. No, not at all. Not at all. I feel like that's the kind of place, if there are truly spirits there, they're at peace being there. And they're, you they're know. They're happy. They're not. They're not malicious. Right. Um, I think overall, though, that morgues and death in general mm-hmm. still creep some people out. Yeah. And so I feel like. Just knowing that that was there makes this whole thing, like, quote, scary. Um, you can't see my hand quotes, but, like, air quotes. I'm air quoting scary. Um, because if you take the morgue out of that picture, like, what happened there that was creepy? I wonder if it's more so, like, the whole thought of it being a morgue with dead bodies is just uncomfortable for people. Yes, and I so can see that. they in turn, you know, kind of relate that to, well, if I'm uncomfortable, then something's bothering me, scaring me. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. It makes sense as to why these other stories would happen. Yeah, for it to be scary. <laughs> maybe. Oh, maybe the little girl was someone that had been in the morgue. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe, but also. Why would you not just leave? Like, why would you want the municipal auditorium to be the place that you haunted? I mean, I don't know. See, I would make a very bad ghost. I would ask too many dang questions. As a ghost, you would ask too many questions? Yes, I would go up to other ghosts and be like, why are you here? I think I would be the total opposite. I would do just whatever. I would have zero questions. I would just constantly do whatever popped into my little ghost brain. I mean, I would 100% mess with people. And I just... I think as a ghost, the things that I had questions about, I would 
go to and try to go as deep as possible because nothing bad can happen because I'm already a ghost. This is true. <laughs> I'm ready to be a ghost. I want to be a ghost. I would have so much fun as a ghost. I'm telling every single person. I don't know who decides who's a ghost or who's not, but I would have so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like it would be like a Beetlejuice situation. Yes. Or, oh my gosh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> or just, I think about, I've always thought about what it would be like to be invisible and just mess with people. And yes. so to me, being a ghost kind of has that same aspect. Yes. I would like, I would be the person who like, like as somebody on, was walking around and be like, I don't know where that blue pencil went. And then the next day I would like put the blue pencil on your pillowcase or something. Yeah. Like I would do that kind of I like would creepy be stuff. Like on, on uh, Casper when he's underneath their desk tying their shoes. Yes. And then they all get up and fall. Yes. <laughs> I would do like, I would have so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> anyway, today the municipal is officially recognized as a natural, natural cheese. A National Historic Landmark and is on the National Register of Historic Places. So it's like all Ooh, big and fancy. It's official. Um, in 1997, it was included as part of the Shreveport Commercial Historic District, which is, I did not know it was called that, but learn something new every day. Um, basically, all of downtown is, but yeah. yeah. Um, the street that runs in front of it was renamed Elvis Presley Boulevard. Um, in honor of arguably the biggest name to ever grace the stage. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure Elvis is bigger than everyone else I named. At least I think. I would think like um, money wise and royalty wise. Oh, 100. He definitely is. 100%. But I feel like more people, like if you just like went to a random country and mm-hmm. asked people to like name a singer from long time ago that came from america they yeah. would say elvis like true that's true like his name was more it's elvis like, out there it was more um publicized yeah and he yeah side note i still think it's weird that elvis actually went and fought in the war you know i forget about that i always All forget about it but when i remember it it's like the strangest thing to me because that would never happen wait again. he has doesn't one of his little movies was like GI Blues or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, I think it's kind of cute, honestly. Yeah. Like that he made a movie. It's kind of weird, but it's kind of cute. Yeah. It seems very. He Did you know 60s. that he was in a movie with uh, Mary Tyler Moore? You know, I have to bring in like my no, folks that I like. Oh, I yes. didn't know that. What movie um, is it? I forget what the title of it was, but in the movie, Mary Tyler Moore and two other women were nuns. Oh, that's hilarious at this already. Orphanage place. And uh, Elvis was a doctor, and he ends up, like, falling in love with Mary Tyler Moore's character. But then Mary Tyler Moore is like, I'm married to the church. <laughs> like, it was it was the ending. I think that is the movie that sparked my, like, irrational disgust for movies that leave me hanging. Oh, because yeah. they that you could tell their vibe throughout the whole movie. It was just so cute, and they were into each other. And then at the end, she's like, um, no. <laughs> I'm married to the church. I'm married to the church. I have to keep this. That's the, frustrating. I yes. don't like that. I like when movies are predictable, and they end up together, and everything's happy and lovey in the end. No, I don't like those movies, but <laughs> they make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Um. It can definitely be argued that the municipal is just an old building with nothing creepy and that its creep factor alone makes it, quote, haunted. 
But I personally, because I'm going to always give you my personal view. <laughs> so apparently a car just had to drive by like they were going 8 million miles an hour. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is like <sighs> when people use that expression, um, point of view, I'm a Honda Civic at 2 a.m. driving down your road. <laughs> yes, it's ex- literally exactly <laughs> And it's always happened. the most obnoxious noise. Like what was that? It sounded like a bee on steroids <laughs> driving at 8,000 miles an hour. They- they are just trying to get to Taco Bell or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I hope so. Like, please slow down. Um, I personally think that every building and every home and every area is haunted, but not haunted in like the bad way. But I think ghosts are everywhere. Like I don't know. Oh, it's yeah. comforting to me I to feel think like, that there's ghosts everywhere. Well, yeah. I kind of feel like there's a reason that only certain people can see and feel these things. Of course, yes. You know. Um, especially because of uh, the mass hysteria that comes from humans just when they are slightly inconvenienced. Yes. Um, yes. Hence the panini. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I think, yeah, there's a reason that there are a few people that can actually interact because I'm with you. I definitely believe things are floating, walking, rolling, whatever they're yeah. doing, they're around. And that was an inside joke, guys. So if you didn't think that Panini reference was funny, <laughs> it's because you probably weren't supposed to. Um, so, yeah. I do think everything's haunted. I think it probably is not, like, creepy haunted. Yeah. But there's... But I think Something dwells there. there. I think there probably is people who have really fond memories who probably go every once in a while. I think there's probably a bored spirit that's like, hmm. Let me go open and close this door and freak people out. Eh, I just think that's normal. Yeah. And I would hope I'd be that kind of ghost, too. So, yeah. Um, so, Steph, what do you think of the podcast? What do you think about the municipal? Do what do think I it? think about it? Um, first of all, I think it is visually pleasing. Yes, it is a um, gorgeous building. I really like the way that it looks inside and out. Um, inside is... It almost gives me a classic feel, but with a little bit of spice. It reminds me of somewhere that I should be dressed up in a flapper dress and like cute little kitten heels. Yes, I could see that. Yeah, and then you just kind of like bebop on that wooden floor in there. Yes, 100%. Um, That's exactly what I wanted to do. I think that it is absolutely amazing that that is one of the places our city has chosen to keep around and respect as in, you know, keeping it up, or, you know, the upkeep on older buildings is tedious. And so yes. I think it's good that there are people that care enough to, you know, do that. Um, I think it's awesome that they still let concerts happen there, too. Yes, I 100%. Mean, all this talk we just had about, you know, wishing for a while that we'd wish we'd seen things in there. And then you said you'd gone to two, so... It may have not have been those people back in the day, but you got to experience what music is like inside. Oh, one hundred percent. And like, I if that's... I imagine, if I experienced what I experienced there, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine what it would have been like to see Johnny Cash perform oh, there. Yeah, like, definitely. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like I would have if I it was probably been a really oh, surreal moment. Oh my god! I would <laughs> freaked out. Like just thinking about it, like. I don't know. And I, but I feel like at the same time, it's so different. Like, we don't have social media to connect with 
you know, music today. We don't have, yeah. we can't listen to, they couldn't listen to music, just whatever music, whatever song they wanted at any point in time in their car. Yeah. And see, I, I feel like we are blessed to have that privilege to mm-hmm. be able to listen to things just whenever we want to. I mean, we can think of simply a line from a song and Google the line and it's like, oh yeah, it's that song, you know, yeah. and just as quickly find it on Apple Music and play it. Yeah. Um, but to me, there's just something so special. Like, I want to say the word tingly. But I, I get don't it. Know I see if, it. I catch I, on to that. Yes, but I get it. There's just something that makes me feel that way when I'm listening to live music. Yeah. It's almost, I guess, maybe a mix of like nostalgia and um, like comfort and like it's how it's yeah. supposed to be enjoyed yes for sure like music to me sometimes music can be like okay perfect example think about all the concerts me and you have gone together all the, like the festivals and stuff mm-hmm. like listening to a band on your phone or in your car and jamming out to about the pool or whatever that's one thing right but when you see them in concert and you're sitting there listening to them play the music that you've listened to, and you hear like the um, inconsistencies, but like yes. the good inconsistencies, yes. where like maybe they strum an extra bit too loud or something messes up. And see, or... some people because of that don't like live music. They're like, <gasps> it, they don't sound as good live. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that expression. And the, like, some they're all right, don't. but they don't sound as good live. And I'm like, well, that's because it's not. Like it's not supposed to be polished, but like I, some people I won't say don't sound as good live, but for the most part, I love bands live because I feel like that is the way that music is meant to be enjoyed. You know who needs to come to the municipal? Who? I just thought of it, Mumford. (gasps) Oh my god, that would be so good. Oh, Mumford and the municipal would be oh my goodness, a dream. It really would. I would pee my pants. <laughs> I probably would. I probably just wear it depends. I that would. Way. I would wear a giant. You're good. Pin. You're good to go. <laughs> yes, I would. I would pay tons of money to be on the very front. I mean, and just yes, stare those are monthly. now that if that happened, that is because you know we usually try to find the cheaper end of things. We are. Know, we pro- still act like we're in we're college. ballers on a budget for sure. Yes. Um. So, but that concert if they came to the municipal i i really think i would if the ticket was like 350 i'd probably fork that out yeah i probably would too in a heartbeat in a freaking heartbeat oh (laughs) that would be amazing now i will say if my fave fave oh wonder popped up at the municipal that would be another one that i would uh but see okay so i can envision them playing there but for some reason only their first album i was literally about to say that really i was literally about to say that i feel like because i still love their music but i feel like that first album yes that (gasps) one would sound better with the way that the municipal is set up acoustically you know good you're reading my mind reading (laughs) my mind that's what happens yeah that's what happens over 20 years yeah there you (laughs) You go start start reading (laughs) months and you have jokes like panini and cabbage (laughs) and rooster oh my god so so know, many so many they just happen and masturbates <laughs> <laughs> um so yes that's basically everything you need to know about the municipal if you ever come in town you can do tours of it um i don't know if they're doing them now with like this covid stuff um they might i really didn't look that far into it but i would highly recommend 
Um, I kind of want to make local Shreveport haunts a thing because the municipal is literally across the street from a haunted cemetery, mm-hmm. the Oakland Cemetery here mm-hmm. in town. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to kind of do that one. Um, maybe bring Stephanie back when we do her alma mater, Bird, because yes. it's pretty haunted. Yes, there are some uh, stories for there. Oh, yeah, there's tons. There's, like, there's Logan Mansion. There's, like, a ton of little creepy little spots. Obviously, the women's college that we just discussed. Yeah, that one definitely needs to be Um, on here. I kind of already talked about LRB before, but I feel like it could be a whole episode. Like, I could could ramble about Simply for for what people made it. Oh, yeah, just, like, not even because it's creepy, because it is creepy, but the fact that people went as far as they did to almost make it creepy. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll do that as a story one day. You'll see. Who knows? Um, But, yeah, that's all I have. Uh, Thank you for being on here, Stephanie. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm glad I waited until this one. I knew I was going to find the perfect one that I would be like, oh, my God, what's going to be a good episode? And I found it. Um, But I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you guys have a great day. And who knows who the next guest host will be with me. I know it won't be by myself, but who knows who it'll be. Until next time, I hope you guys have a good one. And have a good night. (laughs) 